Welcome to the study of God's Word with pastor and author Ed Taylor, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, here's Pastor Ed to take us into our study. Amen. Amen. Take your Bibles, open them to two places, would you? Let's start in Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and then we're going to end in Ephesians chapter 6. And the Bible study I've entitled today is Kids or Children Matter. Kids matter. It's as simple as that. Your kids, our kids, they matter to God, and they matter to us. And if you're a kid today, a young person, a young adult listening to me, first of all, don't be offended by the word kid. Because now that I've raised my children into adulthood, hey, they're always going to be my kids. It doesn't matter how old they become. It's not a word that we're using that is somehow trying to offend you. Whether it's you want to say, you look at yourself as a kid, you want to look at yourself as a child, you want to look at yourself as a young adult, wherever you are in the role in relationship to your parents, or in some cases your grandparents, or maybe an aunt and uncle, whatever that role is, Don't be offended by that word. You just need to know that you're important to us. You're important to God. You're important to your parents and to this church. You know, often kids would be referred to, and I did this for many years, kids would be referred to as the next generation. We would look out and say, you kids, you are the next generation of the church. But you know, I've changed my mind over the years. I don't use that phrase anymore. In some ways, I guess it is true that children, you know, kids are the next generation. The, you will be the church after we move on. So I get that. But I've changed my mind. I don't believe you're the next generation of the church. I believe you are the church right now in the condition that you are. That not, you're not going to come to some point at some age, sometime in the future, where you can finally say, oh yeah, now this is my church. No, it's your church right now. It, it's a big part of your life. You are the church in the age that you are right now. We believe this so much that a few years ago, we sat back praying and seeking the Lord and made major changes in how we minister to kids and young adults here. Uh, we, we changed a lot of things, including the high school youth ministry and even some of the ways that we're doing junior high ministry just for you to enable you as young people to own and serve and live out your life within the context of the larger church family. We didn't abandon youth ministry, no. We have dedicated pastors at every age, from the young kids to the middle school to the high school, dedicated pastors and their families serving the kids. However, you need to understand that you are loved and valued as the church, as it is right now. And you are welcome to obey God, to pray and to step up and own the church in what God is leading you to do. You know, children, they come into our homes, into our lives in a lot of different ways. Of course, the most common way is biologically. God would allow families to have biological children. Other times, adoption. I'm a product of adoption myself, and so homes will grow through adoption. Others have children in their homes because of the foster care system, maybe even in foster to adopt. Perhaps you were raising and brought children into your home from a family member that things weren't working out or a situation in a home. I know a lot of grandparents 
are raising their grandchildren. I know you never expected to do that, but that is your role in life. However kids have come into the home, they're valued and important to God. So much so, notice with me in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus uses a child as an example of humility before adults. Notice in verse one. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them and said, assuredly I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives a little child like this in my name receives me. Now, I mean, God places great value upon children. I mean, imagine if you were this kid used as an illustration for a great biblical truth. He reminds us, hey, look, you want to be great in God's kingdom? He's not saying to be childish. He's saying be childlike. Watch the children and watch how trusting they are, how much, how they listen, how they follow the lead, how they don't have these pretenses and all these, like watch the kids, church, and you'll be able to see example after example of what God is looking for in your life and mine. But Jesus goes on, he says in verse six, you think of ramping up the care and concern, notice what he says. Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world because of offenses, for offenses must come, but woe to that man by whom the offense comes. I mean, he, he, play, he, he warns us. He says, don't you make little kids sin. Don't stumble one of these little ones. Don't, don't do that mom. Don't do that dad. Don't do that grandma, grandpa. Kids are not to be abused and mistreated and taken advantage of. It would be better if you had a millstone around your neck and thrown into the depths of the sea than to hurt a child. And that's how valuable children are in the eyes of God and to us here in this church family. And you know, the enemy's after the kids. I don't know if you noticed, but the culture and the enemy is after the kids. He's after your kids. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you're a kid or a child listening, a young adult listening to me right now, there is a serious battle surrounding your life. And really, the battle really surrounds how you make your choices. What choices will you make? Will you choose to follow the ways of God in your life? No matter what your parents do, good or bad, or will you choose to give in to the many, many pressing temptations that are coming upon your life? There's a battle around your life just to take you out, get your eyes off of Jesus, to get you mad at your parents, to get you mad at your church, to get you mad at this world so that you will go launch off and do things that you know you shouldn't be doing. And you go, oh, come on, Ed, pastor, you're being a little dramatic here, aren't you? I wish I was. I really wish I was. I wish you could walk out and go, yeah, you know, pastor's being dramatic again. He's just making it up. But I'm not. This is a serious, serious, serious battle. You know, the battle is so, the, parent, the parents right now, or, or couples right now, they, they see the world in, in such danger and such difficulty that some parents, even Christian parents right now, are actually questioning whether they should bring children into the world. Even though God's command was to be fruitful and multiply. Things are so bad right now that people are, it's a real fear and concern. Do I really want to bring my child up in this? 
How can I possibly bring my child up? Do we even want children? Even though the Bible says yes, yes, yes. Children are a heritage from the Lord, a gift, a blessing. But today, if you look up the statistics, I'm not gonna share with you all the numbers, but you can look it up for yourself. More and more kids today are turning to alternative lifestyles and new identities than ever before. More kids are spending time with a phone in their face online than talking to their own parents. More kids today are going down the path of what they call deconstructing their faith. You know, it's one thing to test all things, hold fast to what is good. It's one thing to question and to study to show yourself approved. But when you start hearing the word deconstructing, 99.9% of the time that ends with a child or a person walking away from the faith. It's just becoming super popular. It's becoming the in thing to do, to question everything. You know, that, back in the day, back, you know, maybe 50, 60 years ago, they'd have little bumper stickers, question authority. Well, that mindset is still with us today. But you hear it differently in kids and even adults deconstructing their faith. There are more kids rebelling against God today than ever before, against his love and care. More homes today have kids at odds with their parents than ever before. There are more broken homes, more homes today raised by a single mom and in some cases a single dad than ever before. I mean, the battle is raging to divide homes, to divide marriages, ultimately to get the next generation, to get the next generation. So much so that it reminded me of a book that's on my shelf. Back when he visited and taught here, Ken Ham had just written a book back in like 2010. He wrote it in 2009. He titled it, Already Gone. And in that book, they commissioned a research group to do a lot of polling. Uh, and what they found is that most kids aren't following the Lord. They don't want anything to do with the Lord. And here's just one sentence from a book. And this was 12 years ago. So we know it's worse now than it was 12 years ago. But here's what he wrote. And I quote, the next generation is already calling it quits on traditional church. If you look around in your church today, two-thirds of the young people who are sitting among us have already left in their hearts, and soon they will be gone for good. We've certainly witnessed this in our own church family. It usually happens about the time a kid launches off from high school. And they're done and graduate high school and they head off. They head off either into this pseudo adulthood or they go to college. And I mean the first day, the first class, if not the first class, the second class, they're already going to face professors that want to attack their simple faith in Jesus, want to undermine it. They want to redesign it. They want to make them feel foolish about it. They, they want to have in their authority as the professor, as the teacher, somehow saying everything you've ever learned, everything you've ever been taught is wrong. It's fairy tales. It's mythology. What makes that worse, though, is they came from a home that was not walking with the Lord in the church, which is why I believe coming out of a year like we have, with all of our eyes everywhere else. What about this, and I can't see that, and we need to change this, and we can't let this happen. All of that, the Lord is saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Get your eyes back on your own home. As for me and my house, we need to serve the Lord. As for me and my house, judgment begins with us. It begins with our church family and with our homes. And so he's bringing great attention to us as parents, and today for you as kids, children, 
what your responsibility is. The Lord wants me to teach you today and remind you what will help you grow in the grace and the love of Jesus. It's not enough just to mentally ascend to all the Bible studies you receive. They need to be put into action in your home and in your life. Or you too will find kids will be ripped off right from under your noses. Now, again, the enemy is slick. He's ripping adults off. He's ripping kids off. But we don't, it doesn't need to be so. Today is the day where you can take back the authority that God has given you in the home. And kids, today is the day you're reminded of how you respond to that authority. Notice with me now in Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now this verse is in context, isn't it? God has been speaking to the family, to the church in Ephesus, through Paul the apostle, and we've already looked, there's mutual submission, then there's the word to wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord, with submission also comes respect, and then there was husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, and now within the home where there are children, children obey and honor your parents. Those are the two things that God has given to you. Obey and honor your parents. Or if you're living with your grandparents, it applies. If you're a part of a blended family, it applies. Obey and honor. That's it. These two decisions will bless your life, no matter what age you are. Obedience, when you come together with obey and honor, obedience speaks to the actions of you children, you young adults, your actions. What kind of actions are you to have in the home? Obey your parents. Honor speaks of your attitude. What kind of attitude should you have towards your parents? Well, you're to respect and honor them for the role that they play in your life. Whether they're executing it good, well or not, you need to respect the position. And after respecting the position, then you respect the person. You have the right actions and the right attitudes. Now, the Greek word there for obey, remember the New Testament written in the Greek language, the word obey is a military word. It comes to us from the military. It has the picture and an idea of a soldier ready to engage in battle. And so he chooses to listen carefully. That's what obey means, to listen intently, to listen carefully for the orders and instructions of his commanding officer. So let me restate that for you that are living under your parents' roof right now. Living under your parents' roof. Do what your parents say. That's what obey means. Do what they tell you to do. And I want you to notice parents, and and there will be an overlapping here, although we will have a study dedicated to parents, there has to be an overlapping when we're talking about kids here. Parents, I want you to notice that he doesn't instruct you to make your kids obey. I know some of you think that's your job. It's not your job to make your kids obey. What happens is, is that you harden little soft hearts when you make them obey. You begin to build up resentment, even at a very young age, when you make them obey. Now, certainly there are times where the boundaries are so strict that you're going to require, through discipline, 
compliance to the rules of the home. But it's not your obligation, nor is it God's calling upon your life to go around and say, you know, it's like maybe you would take this message and say, you want you to know something, son. I've been telling you this my whole life, but even Pastor Ed agrees with me. You need to obey me. That's not going to work. It's not going to be very helpful because now you're going to make your kid mad at me like he's mad at you. And you want, you want your kid to respect me as pastor. I may just be used in an external voice in your child's life to help them get on unto the Lord. Like when we were reassessing all of our youth ministries here, one of the things, even though they have dedicated pastors, men that are dedicated to ministering to every age level in our church, if this is your family's church and this is your kid's church, then I'm your kid's pastor. I have a responsibility to shepherd your children. So the last thing you want to do is use me as a weapon to substantiate some parenting techniques that you need to change. You don't have a need to make your kid. A big mistake that parents make is they confuse compliance with obedience. You know, your kid's doing what you tell them to do because you raise your voice or you threaten them or using all these techniques. You know what they do? They find they comply, but not in their heart. They don't agree with you. They don't see it your way. They're just basically doing whatever they do, so you'll be quiet. And then behind your back, they're creating up, instead of building a relationship with your kids, you are hardening their hearts, and then at a very young age, they start doing things behind your back. You see, you have to understand your kids have a bent towards sin. We know that. You can amen that, it's true. You have a bent towards sin, I have a bent towards sin. And it's in the home with good, solid love, in the atmosphere of love, solid disciplinary boundaries, encouragement and help, with a good example, those ingredients will help your kids make greater progress than just demanding obedience. So make sure you understand that. He doesn't, as a matter of fact, the command when we get to it in verse four has not anything to do with making your kids obey. He actually tells dads, don't provoke your children to wrath. And we will get into that in our study next time. So the obedience is necessary. It's not just to children that are young though, which is the easier time of parenting when the kids are younger. It's when they begin to grow up that things become more challenging. That's why those formative years, you really want to establish to the best of your ability an atmosphere of love and grace and help and mercy upon your kids because as hard as it is right now with little kids, it gets harder and more challenging and you want to start young reminding them so your kids are just safe. You know, just like we were learning with submission, right, with your kids, with husbands and wives, a wife that's secure in her, in her husband's love, man, it's just a beautiful thing. Well, the same with your kids. When they live in a home that's secure and know that they're loved and cared for, man, it's just a beautiful thing, even though they do have a bent towards sin. But that word children now isn't just a reference to little kiddos. It actually is the Greek word technon, T-E-K-N-O-N. This word actually is the verb form of it, techna. And, and it refers to a child of any age living under, under their parents' roof. So it's not just a little guy or a little gal. It is a child, any age, that is living under the roof of their parents' home. 
So what that means is whether you're nine or 19, whether you're three or 23, if you live under your parents' roof, you're a techna, and if you are a techna, then you are to obey your mom and dad. If it's under their roof, it is their rules. If you want different rules, get a different roof. That's what the Bible says. Things do change. Things do change with kids, though. You know, they go through different stages. As they go through different stages, it starts out with the young adolescent, right? And, and a, a young adolescent looks up to their parents like, oh, my parents know everything. They can do no wrong. And we like that stage. But from that stage, they move into what's known as puberty. And they change their mind a little bit. And now they say, well, you know, parents know a lot, but not everything. Then from puberty, they go into what we know as teenage years. And as a teenager, they can come to the conclusion, my parents don't know nothing. (laughs) But then they grow up a little bit and into their early 20s, they start to think, you know what? I think my parents knew more than I thought they did. So when they become parents themselves, and then they come back to, you know what? My parents know everything, as they begin to experience it themselves. And a great example in the Bible of obedience is found in the life of Jesus himself as a young child. You'll remember in Luke chapter two, let me read it to you. In verse 51, I'll read it to you from the New Living. It says, then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and all the people. So Jesus subjected himself to his parents. This is God in human flesh. He willingly chose obedience to his parents. And did you see the result? The result is that he grew up and he matured. It says here that he grew in wisdom, so he became wiser through obedience. He also grew in stature, and he also grew in favor. These things are yours through your faithful obedience to your parents. Notice now in verse 1 again, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord. That's an important phrase, in the Lord. This obedience is to take place in the Lord. It can be viewed, I think, a couple different ways. First of all, in the Lord could refer to the atmosphere of your home. And I would think that many people listening to me today, both near and far, would consider themselves Christians. And as a Christian, you want to have your home as a Christian home in the Lord. You you want to do things in the Lord. You want to honor God. You want your home to glorify God. You may have things in your home that were before Christ. And now that you're walking with Jesus, you don't have them anymore. You don't want them anymore because you you want your home to be filled with love, care, concern, to honor God and obedience in the Lord. So in a, in a home that's dedicated to God with the atmosphere and the climate and the environment of the Christian home under the lordship of Jesus Christ, children, obey your parents as in the Lord. But also, I believe, this can be applied to the atmosphere of the command or what you're obeying exactly. And this is a very difficult place for a child to be when his or her parents tell them to do something that's obviously wrong. Children are under no obligation to obey their parents with something that's obviously wrong and sinful. I think, of course, of abuse, screaming and yelling and the kind of atmosphere that can be in a Christian home, yes. 
where things just get escalated. And you're beginning to demonstrate to your children the exact opposite of the love and care and concern of Jesus. And let's just pause here for a second. I know we'll deal with it in our future study, but it's important to pause just for a second and realize that none of our homes are perfect. None of our homes are exactly what God would desire because we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And you may, you may see great improvement in your home than the one you grew up with. I, I mean, I know that's my heart's desire. Uh, my parents love me. They adop- I'm a product of adoption. They love me. They care for me. But man, my home was a rough home. It was hard to grow up in. And, and a lot of the reason it was hard to grow up in wasn't just my parents. It was me. I was a very rebellious, angry kid all the way until I got saved. And when anger and rebellion is mixed with drugs and alcohol, it just gets worse. And it was hard. And I know that when Marie and I, even though we started out on the wrong foot, we did everything backwards in the wrong way, I know that our attitude, and I'm sure you have the same attitude. You look back on your home, you go, oh, my mom made this mistake and made that mistake. And then when I'm a parent, I'm going to do it differently. And I'm sure you made that commitment. I'm going to do it differently. That's a great commitment to make. But you have to understand something. Even as you've chosen to do it differently, your kids are saying the same exact thing about you. It's like, oh, my parents, they love me, they care for me, but man, they did X, Y, and Z, and when I have my own kids, I'm not going to do it that way. You just got to be ready for that. You got to encourage that. You and I, we need to learn to be humble enough to admit our own mistakes and encourage our kids along the way. The best time to admit your own mistakes is now, not then. It's actually in the moment where you go around and you go, you know, will you please forgive me? Uh, That never occurred in my entire life in my home. But after I was born again, it happened a lot. I I have very distinct memories uh, with all of my kids, but especially my older son, Eddie. I remember just a little, man, just such a soft personality getting down on my knees I heard it in a Bible study somewhere, man, if you blow it with your kids, get down, look them in the eye, uh, hug them and tell, ask them for forgiveness. I mean, imagine the power of love, of how God used that to say, you know what, I value you as a human being and created in the image of God. You're not my property. You're a special little boy, or in my case, I also had a daughter, two boys and a girl. You are special in the eyes of God. He loves you for who you are. Dad has blown it. Will you forgive me? There's just forgiveness and there's love and we move forward. That's needed in your homes, church. And it's needed now, not then. And yeah, you know, your kids are going to look back. Don't be offended when they go, you know, I wouldn't do it like you. That's okay. I'm sure in your decisions, your home is a little bit better than the home you came from. That's fantastic. And then don't you want your kids' homes to be a little bit better than what they grew up in? And it gets passed down. That's the godly heritage that we get to pass down to our children in our homes. Obedience is to take place in the Lord. This is such an important principle that you'll notice here at Calvary when we do baby dedications. When we do baby dedication, I mean, especially the little babies you hold, like I was holding one today, just a little guy, wasn't even looking around, just kind of laughing, not even knowing I was there. I'm holding him. And, and when, when I have the privilege of dedicating that young man, I will hand that baby in a diaper that can't even say one word yet, a Bible. We will give him a Bible before he can even read it. And in that Bible will be a note from his pastor to him. 
not to the parents, but to him, about how much Jesus loves him, how much he desires to teach him and talk to him through the word. Why? Because even before that baby can read the Bible, I want to encourage him or her and their parents Read the Bible now. Like for those of you that even have a baby in the womb, start reading the Bible to that baby in the womb. That baby is just as much alive in your womb as he or she will be in just a few months. Read the Bible to them, pray with them, play music, put one of your, you know, your Bose headphones right on your belly <laughs> and get the word of God into that kid. And I always, it's always a beautiful thing you know, when the babies are here and they're delivered that they can, some of them recognize my voice because they've heard it for nine months. And they can recognize because the babies are alive. You, you bring a baby into your home, a child into your home into the foster care system, you bring them to church. You teach them the word of God. You do whatever you can to get the word of God into their lives so that they will learn how much God loves them. And then today I can remind you as a kid, as a child, God loves you, has a beautiful plan for your life, even though it might be hard. And you know, parents in a Bible study like this are just like, yes, this is what my kids need to hear. They're disobedient. They need, listen to them right now. This is what I've been telling you all this time. And and that's great that you're agreeing with me. It's great that you're tracking with me. I'm glad you are. So with that, I want to back up just a second and consider this. Is this message not only for your children, but it's also for you because you and I are children of our Heavenly Father. And I wonder how many of you need to take that step of obedience and honoring your Father in heaven with your life. It's so much easier to tell someone else what to do. But how about you? Where's your walk with the Lord right now? Where are you in your relationship with God? Do you even have one? Perhaps today is the day where you finally surrender your life to Jesus in in admission in admission, where you come to the place where you just admit that you've sinned against a holy and a righteous God. We aren't looking for obedience in our children. Kids, we don't want you just to obey, just so you can obey, and we can tell everybody we have good kids. We're preparing you for the future. We're decide- we have a responsibility. We acknowledge today, even as some of you are really looking forward to this day, but we acknowledge today that one day you will leave our house. Some of us, you know, we're we're hoping it happens sooner than later, some of us now. You're going to leave. It's hard. We have to bring a baby home. We don't think, you know, in 20 years or so they're going to be launching off. But our responsibility is to launch you off. Our responsibility is to help you. Your responsibility is to cooperate with us and trust us. Your responsibility is to listen carefully. And even if mom and dad aren't really walking with the Lord right now, God wants you to walk with the Lord. He wants you to obey And I know it puts you in an awkward place. I know it's hard if your parents aren't walking with the Lord. You know, it's just hard. Because if you do something, you'll get in trouble because they do have authority. And, And it is hard. You're right. But God is with you. And he will honor your choice to obey him and to do the right thing. Because that's what it says here. Why why obey your parents? Because it's right. It's the right thing. And it reminded me of the principles, you know, now I've raised my kids into adulthood. It happened way faster than I thought. And I remember these principles about obedience with them. A couple of things that God gave me. And one of them I taught my kids as they were growing up is, hey, look, you know, this world's going to be hard. It's going to be painful. You're going to face a lot of heartache and pain because the world is is a harsh place. It's been touched and tainted by sin, and it's going to be hard. However, you have choices. 
And I picked this up from Greg Laurie, but I made it my own now. Greg Laurie said, you make your choices, but your choices make you. And so you want to be careful with your choices. And I would teach my kids, I would say, look, you would much rather have the consequences of obedience than the consequences of disobedience. It's going to be painful many times both ways. It's hard to obey God and it can be painful. And it's definitely hard to disobey God and suffer the consequences. So if you're ever in that tough spot and I'm not there to help you and you've got to make the decision, just listen. It is best if you obey and take the pain of obedience than the pain of disobedience. And it's true still to this day. As you choose the pathway of obedience, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. But man, you would much rather have that than to suffer the consequences of disobedience. You want to have a pattern of your life that is toward the Lord. So children, kids, young people, you obey your parents in the Lord, not sinful direction. You know, I thought of something silly. You know, if your parents one day came home from work and said, okay, okay, today no more chicken. We're eating steak tonight. Let's go to Safeway. So you hop in the car with dad, and you go to Safeway, park in the parking lot, and he says, okay, Junior, this is what's going to happen. I want you to go in. The meat section's to the right in the corner. Get five packages of top sirloin and put them in your pants and come back to me. We're having steak tonight. You can tell your dad, no, I'm not going to break the law for you, obviously. But, listen, if your dad says, goes up to your room and says, hey, Junior, clean up your room and get ready for bed, you can't cop some attitude, oh, no, Dad, my spirit doesn't bear witness with that, you know, I'm going to do my own thing. You know, if, he, if you're in, your, in the home and he wants to, your dad or mom wants to limit your video games or wants to limit, you are in their roof, you are under their roof. You are under the obligation to obey your mom and dad when it's not sin. A child, son or daughter, living under mom and dad's roof is to obey his parent in the Lord. If it's not God's heart, not God's word, you obey the Lord. And it sounds almost simple, almost too easy and simplistic, but our homes are spiritually powerful when there's mutual submission, when wives are submitting to their husbands and respecting them, when husbands are loving their wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for, and when the kids, the children, no matter the age, are obeying their parents, choosing the harder route. I know... It's hard sometimes, but obedience is proper. Respect and obedience are the bedrocks of any solid home built upon the solid rock of Christ. You know what's not right? What's not right is rebellion. What's, what's not right is outright sin. What's not right is screaming and yelling at your parents and slamming the door and being in a way, living in such a way where you know, because another thing I was teaching my kids along the way, I said, I know it'll be hard in this home. I know it will be, but the world's much harder. It's going to be hard in this home, but the world will be far. And listen, kids, listen to me. No matter your age, please listen to me. This is super, super important. The world in which you live is far less forgiving than the home in which you live in. The, home, the world in which you live is much more harsh and painful 
and quick. So, you know, right now you're getting away with screaming at your mom. You're getting away at cussing out your dad. You're getting away at lying and, and stealing. And you're getting away with, you know, you were supposed to go to bed, but you stay up all night. You seem to be getting away with that. And, and, and one day, though, you're going to leave the house and you're going to meet someone that's not going to let you get away with it. You're going to cuss somebody out and they're going to beat you up. You're going to be in a place where, you know, I can do whatever I want. I don't need to follow the law until there are flashing lights behind you. And the police officer, as kind, as gentle as he or she may be, is going to enforce the law in your life. And take it from me, when there is a mark on your permanent record, no matter what, your future employers will pay attention to it. And you will not get jobs because of your rebellion in the world. It will follow you until you meet the Lord. And you think you're getting away with something. You think, oh, you know, I can do it. I can do it in the home. The world, the world is far more difficult in most cases than the home in which you live. And the discipline that you're learning in the home is preparing you for the world so you will be a, you will be a contributor to society and not a taker. And it's not hard to watch the news today or to flip through Snapchat and TikTok to see the rebellion in this world. And you think, ah, oh, you know what? They're not paying a price. They're not paying a price. Indeed, they're paying great prices. The pain not only of separation, but a rebellion against God. It's the right thing to do. He, he takes you back to the Old Testament right there in verse 2. Did you notice? Back to the Ten Commandments. And he says, honor. Circle that word honor. You could write next to it, respect. Respect and honor your father and mother. It's the first commandment, he says, that it may be well with you and that you live long on the earth. The benefit of obedience is enjoying life. You know, living long on the earth can go two ways, can it? You can speak of quantity, like the amount of life, like, like it's a better to obey and do the right thing. You have a, a better chance of living long, but not just quantity, but quality. God, you enjoy life. You, don't, you know it's not fun living in a house with rebellion anger, screaming, yelling. It's just not fun. When you choose rebellion against your parents, do you think that's going to go well? Do you, do you really think that's going to get you where you want to go? And where do you really want to go? If you're a believer in Jesus, this is where you want to go. You want to enjoy God and enjoy others. Or better put, you want to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and be able to love others. Do you think rebellion is really going to get you there? Do you think putting your foot down and commanding your own way and spending the rest of your life in your room, locked with the lock on the other side of the door, really going to get you where you want? Are you really happy? Are you really, like, and so this is what happens. You create that habit, and then you just get to the point where I'm out of here. And you either run away or you choose a prodigal lifestyle. You separate yourself. You break the heart of your mom and dad every moment of every day while you're out doing your own thing with people you think that love you, as soon as you run out of stuff, they abandon you? Wouldn't it just be better to obey? Yeah, but I don't like it. Welcome to life. There's a lot of things we don't like, but for the sake of one another, my love for you, you know, that's the way of Jesus, isn't it? I make choices because I love you. I say no to things because I love you. I say yes to things because I love you. I think of others, if the Spirit of God is working in our lives, we think of others more highly than ourselves. And as hard as it is in your home right now, 
somewhere in all the turmoil is untouched and untapped love. And it may be hard for you to see it right now as a child. It may be hard for you to see it right now as a parent. But God's way is always the right way. Respect. Listen, parents, what this doesn't say is demand respect from your kids. How can you do that? You know, I can already hear the scenario. I'm the dad and you need to respect me. Okay. Do you think that's going to get respect? No, respect isn't demanded. Respect is earned. Because here's what parents do. This is what kids have to deal with. You've got to kind of put yourself back into the shoes of being a kid, right? You're like, when you're in that realm of demanding respect, then you're in this realm. Do as I say, don't do as I do. You know, that might work when kids are one or two, but after that, they pretty much do what you do. And if they like what you say, they'll do it. If they don't like what you say, they won't do it. Like the kids bent toward away from God is the same bent you have. So it really requires you to walk in the spirit, requires me to walk in the spirit so that we can help our kids be in a right relationship with God. Because if they're in a right relationship with God, then he'll work things out with us. But it can't be. You can't demand respect. This is a decision. First they obey God and then they obey you. Obedience, there's a promise attached, the quality of life. And another thing about this word honor in verse two that I want to draw out before we enter into communion is the, the Hebrew word back in Exodus for honor is kabod. And some of you Bible students, you know that's a word that is used in, in a different way to describe glory or the glory of God. It speaks of the weightiness and the heaviness of God's presence, the power of God's presence. It's the idea here, honor, to give weight to the person who's being honored. And that's a child. Children here today, whatever your age, your responsibility is to honor and give weight to the role and position of your mom, your dad, your grandma, and grandpa. To love them and honor them for who they are. To value them. To honor them. It'll be well with you. And there might be times when parents are making interesting mistakes and confusing decisions. You just have to choose to walk with the Lord. Maybe they're struggling with this issue, that issue, maybe even making some wrong decisions along the way. They're accountable for their decisions. You're accountable for yours. And so sometimes you may have to make decisions that honor God while God's sorting it out with your parents. Best thing you can do for your parents in times like that is pray for them. I know it's confusing. I know you don't even know what's happening. It's hard. From a kid's perspective, they don't have the development. Our world is, you know, we, we've got this sense of, whoa, you know what? Once you get 18, you can launch off. But, you know, even at 18, kids are still developing and maturing. That doesn't make them automatically an adult. That's why the relationship needs to continue on all the way into to when, the, before, when the Lord comes back. It just changes, right? It just changes. But all of us are kids in one way or another. And the greatest gift we can give to our parents is to honor them, to respect them, and if needed, to obey them. It's especially necessary when you live under their roof. Under their roof is their rules. And if they're not sinful rules, that's what you agreed to. 
Because, you know, when you face in the world, I was just thinking, you know, thinking about not only meeting an officer, it's like, but like, you know, right now you borrowed some money from mom and you didn't pay her back. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, Chase Bank don't play that game. You borrow money from them, uh, they're going to ruin your credit score. They're going to force you into bankruptcy. And guess what? When you have a bad uh, credit score and culture, you can't even rent an apartment. You won't even be able to buy a car. You'll be, you'll be struggling. Life will be incredibly more difficult. Well, I'm not saying you can't live life, but it won't be so enjoyable. Instead of one job, you've got to get three. And then even off the three, you've got to have this, and you can't sleep, and then you can't, can't go to school. Like, man, take it from someone that started life backwards. It's harder and more difficult. And in many ways, it's kind of a trick question, isn't it? But in many ways, if I could go back and do things differently, I would have certainly made different choices. But, you know, I am who I am by the grace of God, so I've learned a lot through the pain, but it was hard. And you know what was most hard as I think back? It wasn't me working all these jobs, and it wasn't, it was hurting Marie. It was hurting her mom. It was hurting my parents. Thinking of all the grief I put teachers through, my neighbors, anybody that I came in contact with, when the easier path would be, you know what, just obey. Just obey, it's not that hard. Just listen and obey. Enjoy that relationship. And even if they make mistakes, well, you make mistakes too. So meet each other in grace and obey in the Lord. That's God's word for us. That's God's word for you young people. Let me just say, by way of repetition, whatever age you are, I know most little kiddos are down in this Sunday school, but children's ministry, but you are in middle school here, you're in high school, this is your church. Step up now. Don't wait till you get a certain age. Start to talk with your parents. Start praying with your parents. You see your parents in crisis, pray for them, pray with them, and begin to talk about, Dad, how can I be involved? How can I serve the Lord? Maybe God put something in your heart, you know, and you're like, oh, man, let's go feed the homeless. And you talk to mom and dad, let's go feed the homeless. Oh, I don't want to feed the homeless. You know, no, you're too young. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Start praying that God would change your parents' hearts. Like you are a very powerful tool in your home. And just because you're frustrated right now, just because it's hard right now, let the frustration and the difficulty turn your eyes and heart toward the Lord. He knows what he's doing. You were born into that family, adopted in that family. You're in that family by the will of God. He knows what he's doing in your life. He's going to use it to fashion you, form you, make you into the young man, the young woman that he wants you to be. But this is your church now, this moment, not sometime in the future. So embrace it, live it out, share the gospel, be a believer now. You're not going to be a believer suddenly when you turn 18 and now you're an adult. No, you are today by the grace of God. Amen? So Lord, thank you for the privilege of of just thinking through these beautiful topics. Thank you for my children, um, you know, for even them surviving all my mistakes and all the, man, I just think, uh, poor Eddie, Lord, all the stuff he had to to face in those early days. It was so hard. I don't know how a little kiddo had to deal with all that, but you were good. You were gracious. They ended up walking with you, growing with you. I pray for parents, Lord. Their hearts are ripped out right now because their kids are gone prodigal. They, they just don't want to do and don't want to hear and don't want to worship and, and it's just daily aching and pain. I pray right now against that self-condemnation that might come. Like the couple I spoke to after first service. It's all our fault. 
It's not. It's not. It's not all their fault. And what a joy to be able to look them in the eye and tell them that and pray for them. We all have walked through this world wounded, broken, and limping along, but we come to the communion table reminded of your grace today. So thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you've been encouraged by this Bible study delivered live from the sanctuary of Calvary Aurora. For prayer or a copy of this study, call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-304-7223. Or visit us online at calvaryaurora.org. Be blessed as you worship Jesus this week.